are the funniest people I know. These are the funniest people I know. Said improv riffing, callers and sketches, characters and interviews, and then some more sketches. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest people you know. Now these are the funniest, these are the funniest, these are the funniest, these are the funniest people I know. Hello, world. Welcome to The Funniest People I Know. I'm George Kaloris, and here with me today are my funny co-hosts, Alexandria Sweat. What's up, everyone? And Abigail Williams. Hello. Joining us this week is friend of the pod, former host of the show, TJ Jackson. What's up, TJ? What's up, everyone? (laughs) I missed you all. TJ, you look like you're living in the lap of luxury. He definitely does. Is yes. that a padded headboard? That always means luxury. Yes. Either that or in <laughs> asylum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. As soon as I got back, I went crazy. And then you went to a luxurious asylum? Mm-hmm. Is it the one Mariah Carey went to when she was exhausted? Mariah Carey's <laughs> cousin went to this one. <laughs> Listeners, if you don't know, TJ has been traipsing around Europe for the last long amount of time. How long were you there? Oh, you know, just... Three months. Casually, (laughs) three months. You are my hero. They wouldn't let me stay past 90 days. I would have stayed longer, but... um, I don't blame them. Yeah. 90 (laughs) days is a lot of TJ. TJ, were you on 90 Day Fiance? I can't say, because I may have signed an NDA. (laughs) 90 days, Europe. Mm -hmm. I see where the storyline is going. The connection is there. We now know what you've been doing. I met an Icelandic wife. Wow, really? We need to talk about a lot, I think. (laughs) Right. So much has changed. We'll definitely dive into that in a minute. But first, let's get started with what's making you laugh. Each week, we kick off the episode with a round of what's making you laugh. We're each going to share a story, and then we're going to pick one to dive into. Alex, what's making you laugh this week? Kim K. (laughs) Me too. What about you, TJ? What's making you laugh this week? Not sure if it made me laugh, but it made me really scared. It was while I was in Europe. I drove a Vespa onto a highway. Oh my god! (laughs) Accidentally, twice, maybe. Maybe twice. He's blocking some memories here. This sounds like a traumatic experience. What about you, Abigail? What's making you laugh? This week, I'm laughing at the bear thief. Ooh. Bear thief? Like dildo bear? Oh no! Oh, I got questions. Okay, I'm sorry. George, what are you laughing at? I'm wondering, am I a Karen? Oh, I do want to talk about this. Okay. (laughs) Anybody else voting for Karen over here? I want to hear it only because I do think George is a Karen. I would love to see (laughs) where. (laughs) TJ. Am I allowed to vote? Do do guests vote? Yeah, of course. Oh, um, <laughs> you won't count yeah. for anything, but we want you to feel like you counted. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Participation point. Yeah. George. <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to hear why it might be a Karen. The other day, after one of the church mice shows. We went out with the cast, and everybody was working on the team. And a million other people. Friends who had come to the show to a bar with an outdoor patio for a post-show drink. And we showed up, and we let the nice hostess know that there was a large number of us and that we would like to come and sit on their deck and have drinks. And we had noticed that there were several open tables, and we were more than happy to fill them up. 
<laughs> and she was not having it with us. She did not she want us. She was not having it. I was the one leading the pack for whatever reason. And so I'm like, hey, we have kind of a big group of people. Can we just sit down on these tables? And she's like, no, I can't let you do that. And I was like, <laughs> oh, okay. Well, it's kind of a large group. I don't know the full count. And she said, well, I'm going to need to know the exact number. So we start counting. This includes people that I both know and don't know, and I'm not even 100% sure are with our party. We get to about a count of 15 and just say, yeah, okay, we've got 15. And she looks at me and says, there's no way I can seat. 15 people. <laughs> and I said, okay, well then let's just split it up. How about seven and eight? And then she says, I can't split you up into seven or eight because if there's more than 10 people, then there's a mandatory tip of 20%. And so I can't split you guys up because that would be cheating. Well, let's pretend that I never told you that there were 15 people. I'm trying to reason with her and reason with her. And we're going around and around and around. Abigail starts throwing people under the bus. She's like, I barely know these people. I don't need to say that. I did say that. I was like, I said, ma'am, I don't even know half of these people. Can you just let me sit at a table? I'm going to pick the people I like here. And I'm going to sit with these people. And she literally refuses to see us. No, no. Because I had told her there were 15. And she's really not hearing it. So then Karen George over here comes sidling up and is like, Okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to sit in these empty tables right here, and we want to pay you money. So you're going to let that happen as we get into these tables. <laughs> she starts crying. Oh my God. No, no, I was very nice about it, but I was certainly assertive. And I was like, look, she's having a really hard time with this. I'm not having a hard time with it at all. Let me help her. I understood the solution. It was blatantly obvious, and I was going to give her a nudge. And I was like, here's what we're going to do. My question is, am I a Karen? Did I Karen here, or is she just not very good at her job and a little too sensitive? Okay, I agree with all the things. I think she's not very good at her job, and she's sensitive. At first, when George came up, I was like, oh, George knows restaurants like nobody. He's going to solve this for us. But she was not letting him help. And so once he realized she wasn't going to have it, that's when George kind of put down his foot and was like, here's what we're going to do. And you're going to let us give you money. And it was kind of a little condescending, George, maybe the way you were talking to her. And that's the Karen line, condescension. Also, just to paint a picture, we were all in masks in this moment. That's true. Yeah, that's <laughs> and, correct. And someone had handed me a large yellow rose. So throughout this interaction, I'm also standing there masked, grumpy, and holding a large yellow rose. So yes. I imagine that the yes. picture of a large, grumpy man with a yellow rose telling her what's going to happen. In the end, Abigail, what ended up happening? We absolutely got what we needed. We sat <laughs> down at our tables. We got served. It was not a problem for our actual waiters. And I told our waiter. We will tip you so well. And we did. The waiter was awesome. Great the waiter was he, fantastic. Yes. He had the no problem serving a large group down. of people. She just didn't know how to host. She just did not. And He um, really got stuck on the rule of like, yeah, but there's more than 10, so we have to tip 20%. It's like, girl, we're going to tip. Just relax. This is a Karen of a conundrum. <laughs> Tone is everything. Tone is so important. Who knows? Maybe the host was new. And really just wanting to stick to that handbook. What she should have done was got a manager. If it wasn't for George, we wouldn't have been able to sit down. And I do not fault the man for any of his behaviors. And I'll leave it at that. <laughs> All I'm going to say is Karen's get <laughs> done. <laughs> He's not wrong. 
I went up to her and was like, thanks so much. And she was peppy and fine again. So I think she realized that she was being way over the top and it worked out in the end. I'm going to say that we voted I'm not a Karen and that <laughs> she was just a bad host and we shall move on with our lives. That's me coming in with joy and happiness and laughter with a new game for you guys today or kind of a spin on a game that I like to do with you guys. I love to do lightning round questions with you guys. But today I want to call it this or that because, you know, you could do this or you could do that. And we're going to put a little theme on it. And that's autumn or fall. First round. Apple pie or pumpkin pie? Apple. Pumpkin. Mm-hmm. Apple. Okay. Sweater or cardigan? Sweater. Hoodie. Oh. Not an option. Oh, we get a third option? Oh. Because um. if she said sweatshirt, I would have thrown that down. Yeah, dude, I can't get bomber jacket. Well, yeah, I you like can have bomber jacket. Why don't you or not? Yeah, I want a bomber jacket. Like, I need to <laughs> <laughs> It's now this or that or the other. <laughs> We have one that sweater, George Tostin hoodie, and TJ wants a bomber jacket, which I do love a good bomber. Well, well I'm trading mine in for sweatshirt. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, you got none of the above on that one. <laughs> I was just being so nice about this. She's like, I know. Like, we changed the rules. We're you complete know. jerks. I want to be open. No. I just want to talk about okay. fall. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Next round. Corn maze. Or haunted house? Corn maze. Haunted corn maze. Haunted corn maze? Ooh, haunted corn maze. <laughs> they do fun. have those. They do have those. I hate scary things. Mm-hmm. Now, TJ, I think you're on to something. Like a children of the corn haunted maze, but it's like Ooh. all children, and they just like come out of the stalks. Is that what they're called? And they're like, join our cult. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you what corn maze I wouldn't go on, speaking of children, would be the children of the corn maze. I only saw the opening. Oh, I hated. All I saw was the first five minutes of children of the corn, and it changed me for the worse. I want oh, to every child across that cornfield. Oh, I was so mad. I wanted to murder all of them. No shame. Oh, my God. No care. Oh, my God. Those kids are dark. They're putting people's hands in saws. They're awful. You know children like to play. Next round. Movie night or bonfire? Mm, bonfire. Mm-hmm. Movie night, because they always go home smelling like a bonfire. That's my problem with bonfire, is the minute you walk in the house, you have to immediately take all your clothes off in front of the washing machine, or the rest of your house smells like it was caught on fire. You can't go lay in your bed. No, no, no. Then you have to burn down the whole house. And if you have hair that's long, you have to wash it, or else your pillow's going to reek. And then you smell the bonfire coming off of you in the shower. I kind (laughs) of enjoy the experience of being at a bonfire, but I do not like having been to a bonfire. I do enjoy a good bonfire, and I just take the shower afterwards, and I wear a cap when I'm out there so that I don't have to wash my hair. I like that. Okay. Last but definitely not least, Halloween or Thanksgiving? 
Halloween. This is tough for me. Well, I'm gay, so it's an automatic. <laughs> Same. Say more. What does that mean? Halloween is gay Christmas. Yeah, is it? I didn't know that. Alrighty, guys. Thank you for playing my fall-themed lightning round, this or that or the other question round. (laughs) (laughs) The name changes. That's awesome. TJ, you were telling us earlier that you just got back from Europe. I want to hear more about that. I'm really jealous of this trip you took. Yeah, it was three months. A lot happened. And, of course, there's a million stories to tell. So I thought it would be better to provide my advice to y'all as well as our listeners if they've ever aspired to visit Europe. I visited Portugal France, Italy, and Netherlands. These are things I wish I had known before I had gone. I just applied for a passport, so this is going to be very helpful for me. Yes. Okay, you need one of those. That's a good thing to learn before you go. Yeah, number one, (laughs) grant passport is very important, as well as a COVID pass. You need one of those to get in anywhere. Number one, I wish I had learned how to drive a Vespa before I rented one. (laughs) (laughs) That would be really helpful. I drove onto a highway twice accidentally. Weird thing, they don't tell you that you're about to drive onto a highway before you get there. They That's just a terrible that. surprise. Exactly. <gasps> One minute you're driving along, enjoying the nice scenery of Portugal, and then a second later, there's all these cars behind you honking and laughing, <laughs> yelling at you to get off. I think I would have had a panic attack. I did, Abigail. It was one of the scariest moments of my life. But I'm here. I have this padded room, and everything's padded good. room. He means his headboard, <laughs> living in a lap of luxury, and studded with silver little studs. He's just doing great. Yeah, it's amazing. I wish I had known that there was a pandemic also happening in Europe. <laughs> there was a lot of things that were just closed, which meant a lot of nights just watching Portuguese soap operas. <laughs> I very invested in and that are really good, honestly. I became very tied to all those characters and storylines after a minute. I also wish I had known Portuguese, Italian, and French. Yeah, that uh, would have been helpful. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, probably. I might have been treated better in France, possibly. I was fine not knowing Dutch. Yeah, they speak in the Netherlands both languages. Exactly. Every restaurant has two menus, one in Dutch and one in English. I love this. This is great. Yes, it's so helpful. I downloaded Duolingo thinking I would become fluent in minutes, and honestly, it taught me maybe three or five phrases. It's garbage. Yeah. 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 Let's see. Rome is also really freaking hot in August. It is over 100 degrees. When I was in the Colosseum, I just imagined myself back in that time just roasting my ass watching a game. Where the smell of blood and animals (laughs) is just wafting through the air. Exactly. Yeah. No, the Christians aren't the only thing that burned in the Colosseum. I was talking about animals and gladiators, so just so we're clear. I'm so uncertain as to what we're talking about right now, but my conscience is clear knowing what I personally was referencing. 
gladiators and the animals. Yes, those are the only things <laughs> that happened at the Coliseum. I also wish I knew the hostels are not as great as they seem in the movies. You wake <laughs> oh, up no. in the middle of the night, hot as anything. It's so uncomfortable. A lot of things happen that I wish didn't happen. So. Yeah, maybe for people think Americans yeah. are wasteful, but we're not hot in the middle of the night. So you tell me which is better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm going to run that AC. I wish I also knew that they do not care about AC as I thought. We definitely value it more. I also wish I'd known that Paris and Venice are more cities for couples. <laughs> yeah, many of the times I was just eating a pizza all by myself, surrounded by people on their honeymoon. Oh, I, no. Yeah. <laughs> it was okay. I wish I'd known French people of being mean is not just a stereotype. It's a real thing. They really do fault you for not being fluent in French before you come. Downloading Rosetta Stone We almost didn't eat in France because we knew we couldn't speak French. So we went to the grocery stores and did our best to just survive it. I'll wrap up with this one last thing. Not something I wish I had known, but I wish Europeans knew. The smoking kills. It's not great. Just be smoking all the time. You don't have to smoke everywhere you go. And sometimes it's good to just breathe fresh air, like at the top of the Eiffel Tower. It just couples (laughs) smoking. Yeah, exactly. Didn't see that coming. (laughs) <laughs> no, I was like, wow, yeah, you can smoke everywhere in Europe, which is <laughs> great for them, not for me. <laughs> That's awesome, TJ. What inspired you to take this trip? My job is remote, and I can go anywhere. Also, my lease expired on my apartment, and I procrastinated. I didn't find a new apartment, so I had to go. So you were like, let me just move to Europe for a while? and yeah. That's awesome. There's That's kind of a cool adventure to take in your transition. I love that. That's like a dream, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, for sure. I will say TJ at the Louvre was one of my greatest experiences this summer. Following that on Instagram, it made my day. I laughed so hard. I was telling everybody about it. So thank you also for sharing. Your posts were the highlight of my days some days. (laughs) They were fantastic. Thanks to my Xfendi for letting me Pay $10 a day for the service. Thank you. Okay, it's time for another versus battle. It's been a while since we've done this. Last time, Abigail and Alexandria competed Coke versus Pepsi, and Abigail squeaked by with a win for Coke. Thanks a lot, George. Should not have been that close. George, how about you just keep trashing me? You're the reigning champion, and I'm the challenger, and today we are doing a Halloween movie version of the versus battle. TJ, Alexandria, you are our judges this week. Abigail, what movie did you pick? The movie that I picked for this battle is one of the most iconic Halloween movies of all time, spanning an audience of both children and the elderly. Tim Burton has taken it away with everyone's holiday favorite, 
The Nightmare Before Christmas. Okay, not a Halloween If you um, are ignorant, then you say things like that. If you're smart yes, and cultured, ignorant. you know that it is. <laughs> All right, George, what did you pick? I picked an actual Halloween movie. You talk so much trash for knowing so very little. I picked a movie I mentioned to you guys last week, my favorite scary movie. It just celebrated its 25th anniversary, Scream. It was a huge hit and brought scary movies back to the forefront of culture. It's funny. It's meta. It's self-referential. It's full of 90s celebrities. It's scary, but not too scary. It's the perfect Halloween movie. I'm extra excited to defend Scream today in this battle. Our categories are theme song, villain, hero, best scare, and most iconic moment. Theme song is not Scream's strong point. I will play a clip here. The song is mostly the sound of something industrial grinding, some electricity, and then they're like, oh, it's not the best theme song. They really should have done better. The theme song sucks. I'm not going to win this round. Most everybody knows the song, This is Halloween, by Danny Elfman. Boys and girls of every age, wouldn't you like to see something strange? Danny Elfman is one of my favorite composers of all time. Not only is he a masterful musician, but he's also a vocalist. He sang for the role of Jack Skellington in this movie. Really? He was not. Oh. Yes, yes, oh. even though he was not the actual voice of the character. And he did a phenomenal job. Danny Elfman has scored some pretty incredible films over his career, but This is Halloween has got to certainly be one of his most iconic. Well, all right, judges, <laughs> the Scream song or This is Halloween? I was over here dancing to This is Halloween. I did a quick nay-nay. I'm sorry, George. It's This is Halloween. I have to agree with Alex. That's a, just a really iconic Halloween song that's on all the people's playlists where Halloween comes, so it's great. All right, so moving on from best score into best villain. The villain in Scream is one of the best villains ever. You've got this scary ghost mask. He's got a cloak, a big sharp knife. He's appearing behind every corner. He calls. He asks these scary questions. What's your name? What's your favorite scary movie? And he's just terrifying. And then in the end, spoiler alert, there's a huge twist. The killer is two people, Billy and Stu, played by Skeet Ulrich and Matthew Lillard. The motivation. Spoiler. It's been 26 years. Get around to it. <laughs> the motivation for Billy is betrayal and revenge. And then Stu is just a sociopath. He's really funny and really scary with that. He's just a great, iconic villain for the last 25 years. Remember when they're hugging, one is behind the other, and he's his arms wrapped around him? Yeah. 
Yeah, like right yeah. there in that last That's scene. A game meme too, as well. Yeah, for sure. It meant a lot to my teenage self that the killer were these two fun kind of hot guys. I have learned that I prefer scary movies with hot killers. George has basically <laughs> told us that if a murderer is hot, it changes things for him. It's and totally okay. You heard it from him. Not from jail time, but in scary fact. So who's your villain, Abigail? The villain that I'm posting as best villain is the Oogie Boogie Man. Not only is Not this hot. guy so demented that he would try to grotesquely kill Santa Claus, but he is literally made up of thousands of disgusting, wriggling, creepy crawlies. He plays with people's minds. He torments them before he kills them. This is a children's movie. And he has this <laughs> slow, awful process involving mind games and mental torture. And to cap it off, he enlists children to do his kidnapping for him. I think that makes him all around awful. Best, worst guy. He's terrible. TJ, want to take it? I have to go with the hot guys. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Should have seen that coming. It was a great awakening for me. How could the Oogie Boogie Man compete with hot guys in this moment? But you think he can. They're so much hotter than him. No, he can. He's not meant to be hot. He's meant to be a great villain. You literally talked about hotness. (laughs) I talked about actual villainy. Alex? I'll help you out in the sense that I don't necessarily think that E. Ulrich and David Arquette are hot, but <laughs> I'm sorry, I do like the villain in Scream better, so that was actually kind of like a psych out, and I shouldn't have done that, but I do. Yeah, you totally to- psyched me out. I was like, Alex is in my, in my corner, and then like, she's I'm absolutely like, I got this. not I got in my this. corner. Unreal. As I'm saying it. I feel but- backstabbed. <laughs> the Oogie Boogie Man had a really iconic song almost as iconic as be prepared for my other favorite villain scar but that scream dude or dude Mm -hmm. as i have found out thanks to george's spoiler (laughs) you haven't seen it how are you rooting for these guys i've seen it ish it's played in the background i've seen clips on youtube i've seen it everybody's seen scary movies and that's the thing. It even has parodies. It has to be the scary movie. Okay. So Scream <laughs> takes the villain category. Let's move on to Hero. Abigail, who do you have? For my hero, it's the obvious choice, Jack Skellington. Who doesn't love the Pumpkin King? It's in his name. He's the king. He loves scaring children and having fun, but he's not trying to kill anybody or actually terrorize children to the point of mental breakdown. He likes to have fun, but he has a beautiful tender side where he wants to explore the beauty of things like Christmas. He saves Santa Claus in the end. He's able to recognize when he's wrong, when he's in that cemetery, after he has absolutely trashed Christmas. He sits there and realizes, this was not the role for me. I have done the wrong thing, and I'm going to go make it right. And then he does. He saves Santa Claus. He sings. He's an all-around great guy. He's a badass. For me, it's got to be Jack. Everyone is going to say that the hero of Scream is the lead, Nev Campbell's character, Sidney Prescott. But if we define the hero as someone who makes that out alive and is in the sequels, then my favorite hero from the Scream movies is Gail Weathers, the tabloid TV reporter played by Courtney Cox. You want to talk about badass? Gail Weathers is a badass bitch. 
She doesn't take any S from anyone. She's tough. She makes a statement on fame and celebrity in our culture through her role in these movies. She whoops the killer's ass, makes it out alive, movie after movie, ends up having an on-screen and real-life romance with Dewey. And then, in my favorite turn, when we get to Scream 3... When they're making a movie within we're the movie. We're only talking about Scream oh, we, 1. We're going we're to have to. It. I'm going to have to That's bring this That's not allowed. Why this not character allowed. is so great. In the movie within the movie. <laughs> you couldn't the have known char- that when this Come movie on. was released. <laughs> the character of Gail is then played in the movie by Parker Posey. So you have Parker Posey following Courtney Cox around. The best comedy ever in a horror film. I'm saying Gail Weathers is the best hero of these two. Okay, I'm still calling foul on bringing in the third movie. It has well, nothing to do with Nightmare Scream, which is what we're Christmas talking Street about. Christmas or whatever it's called had a sequel. You could have brought it up. Hey, you know, you can play that game all you want, but I'm still calling <laughs> you out on the carpet for that. All right, strike, judges, move to strike it. I strike Parker Posey from the argument. Judges? Man, this is tough. You guys are good. But it's Jack Skellington for me. It's the awareness, understanding Christmas is not my lane. Like, I'm a (laughs) Halloween kind of guy. You know, it's the iconic suit, the way he loved Sally. He was a good guy. Thank you. Jack Skellington was my emo goth inspiration. (laughs) (laughs) I love that so much. I feel like he and I would have been friends. He would have been like an, I feel like it was a gay ally. I feel like so was Gail Weathers in a way. Mm-hmm. She kind of like got on my nerves. Like, Gourney Cox is a great actress. She's that good. She'll make you hate character. The guy with the gun was the sheriff. Dewey was the hero. I've been like, okay. All right. Jack takes right. the round. The next round is best scare. The best scare in Scream is actually also the most iconic moment. So I'm going to go with the second best scare in this category. (laughs) This is another iconic scene. It's the Rose McGowan scene. Alexandria, I don't know if you know what happened in this scene, but Rose McGowan makes the mistake. She says, I'll be right back. And she goes to the garage during the big party scene to get beers. And the killer is in there and he's trying to get her and she's throwing beers at him and she's getting away. And then she tries to climb out the cat door in a garage door. And she makes it about halfway through when her boobs get kind of stuck. And then the killer turns on the garage door and ah. she gets killed in the garage door. Terrifying moment, especially later. Trying when to fit through a cat door. She tried because she was what? scrambling and it did not work for her. <laughs> when you find her later in that cat door, Sydney comes across her. That is a great scream. It's a great follow up to a crazy scene. And it is something that I have never forgotten, nor has anybody who's seen that movie. Abigail, what do you got? Imagining smashed breasts in a cat door is really a bizarre place. I didn't think I was going to be going tonight. (laughs) To me, the best scary moment in The Nightmare Before Christmas was when the Oogie Boogie Man tries to murder Santa Claus. I think Mm. that kind of speaks for itself because Santa is one of the most well-known symbols of love and generosity and kindness. And here he is strapped up by his boots, hands tied above his arms, maybe about to get cut into by a guillotine. 
We've got knife boards. We got ropes that are trying to pull him apart limb from limb as if we're watching Braveheart all of a sudden. It's kind of an actual nightmare to me. Seeing Santa in this state and Sally trying to save him and it just not working out is definitely the highlight of the scary moment in this film. And they do have some actual adult weaponry in this scene, which makes it a little bit questionable to me. Inappropriate, inappropriate. We should strike it. It's certainly inappropriate, (laughs) but also that's what makes it scary, which is why it stays. And so my moment is when Santa Claus is about to be chopped into pieces and pulled apart limb from limb and then thrown into a bucket of hot lava acid. Okay, so judges, which is the best scare, Santa getting away safely or poor Rose McGowan getting killed in a cat door? I did just see the moment George was talking about on TikTok. She actually gets in a few punches. Yeah, in there. you like, think she can get away for a minute there. And I'm like, yeah, girl. When you said the boob got caught in the cat door, that's my worst nightmare. My boob ain't <laughs> I don't even feel like I can fault you on that, Alex, because that's pretty uh, rough. Titty damage is just awful. It's <laughs> uh, the worst. <laughs> For that alone, I'm scared, and that is my vote. (laughs) I'm sorry, Abigail. No, that's fair. I also think that damaged breasts is a frightening (laughs) thing. Although I stick by mine, I understand your decision. Final category is the most iconic moment in the movie. And so to wrap us up here, George, what's your most iconic moment? The most iconic moment of Scream is the first scene of the movie with Drew Barrymore. Y'all, this was huge. Drew Barrymore was the biggest star in this movie. She had done all the press. She'd gone on the late night shows. She'd gone on Ellen. She had sold everyone on this movie. So you go in to see this new scary movie with Drew Barrymore, and then, bam, she's killed in the first scene. And it's such a good scene. She plays Casey, a high school girl with an unfortunate haircut, who's just home (laughs) making some popcorn. The phone rings, and it's the killer. And he's chatting her up, and it's a little flirty. And then he asks, what's your favorite scary movie? And she tells him. And then we have this exchange. Um, Nightmare on Elm Street. Is that the one where the guy had knives for fingers? Yeah, Freddy Krueger. Freddy, that's right. I like that movie. It was scary. Well, well, the first one was, but the rest sucked. So, you got a boyfriend? (laughs) Why? You want to ask me out on a date? Maybe. Do you have a boyfriend? Um, No. You never told me your name. Why do you want to know my name? I want to know who I'm looking at. And the movie turns in that moment. My blood just turned cold. So scary. Then he challenges her to the scary movie, a trivia challenge to save her boyfriend. She falls for the trick questions. It goes downhill from there. It's a 12-minute scene, and in my opinion, it is one of the best scenes in all American cinema. Oh, wow. That is such a stretch. American cinema. Oh, my gosh. I was with you until the last thing. <laughs> uh, it's, it's so iconic. It's so memorable. Oh, okay. It's that's a off stretch. a trend. Go for it. I have to take it to the moment that Jack Skellington visits Christmas Town. Jack gets to town and he sees snow after you hear this really enchanting twinkling as it kind of pulls him into the Christmas tree. He sees snow, he picks it up, and he immediately wants to know 
What's this? What's this? What's this? There's powder everywhere. What's this? There's white things in the air. What's this? I can't believe my eyes. I must be dreaming. Wake up, Jack. This isn't fair. What's this? He is looking at magical trains and beautifully lit Christmas trees. He's seeing kids asleep in their bed with little candy canes and their stockings all hung with care. And he is completely entranced. And this character that is fully black and white, no color on him, goes into this place with just color popping everywhere and this sweet, sweet music playing. And I think everybody who hears this song starts to sing along because it was such an iconic scene. Those could not be more different scenes. They really couldn't. All right, judges, what's the most iconic scene? Oh, this is so hard for me. The Nightmare Before Christmas has to be one of my favorite movies and definitely shaped my childhood. And I love, what's this? (laughs) Oh my goodness, I see Jack, so inquisitive. But the blonde Bob. <laughs> if you could see the satisfaction on Jordan's face right now, it would make everybody in this country vomit. Just so we're all clear. <laughs> Visual picture created. Please continue, Alex. Don't go to such a bad place for a, a haircut. Drew Barrymore's demeanor as Casey. And it is just one of those iconic cinema moments. It is just legendary, even outside of scary movies. Well, I'll say this. I've never seen it. And that's a fact. (laughs) We'll fix that. TJ, what's your vote? What's this? What's this? I used to sing that all the time around Christmas. It's a good song, but I was reading top scary movie lines and that scream line with Drew Barrymore on the phone was like up there. It's iconic. And I think, okay, well, TJ, I just want to say comment. one thing. I'm not being mean. I'm, I'm clarifying this category. No, he has it. No, he has it. This category is not best scary movie. This whole thing is best <laughs> Halloween movie. So just because that's on a scary movie, Sight doesn't necessarily make it better. Strike this additional evidence from the record. That's just a fact. We got to take it back to the original criteria or else it's not fair. (laughs) I wasn't competing against a scarier movie. Mm -hmm. If my sister was playing this game, she would vote for you because she loves Christmas. And we always have to watch that movie while I was growing up. Oh, my gosh. The greatest marketing scandal of the year was that you put your first death in all the promos. Right. Well, this has been another episode. (laughs) (laughs) This episode has been the worst people I know. Yes. (laughs) Abigail's over here like, we booked the wrong Jackson. I'm literally (laughs) thinking to myself, this is one of the biggest travesties I've ever experienced. It's like you chose Pepsi over Coke for me, and I'm just mortified and disappointed, honestly. But here we are. And... The fact that I have to see George smirking like this is actually <laughs> physically painful for me. But I'm going to concede it, not because I think you're right, because that's the sportsmanship-like thing to do, but I know in my heart that the Halloween movie of all time, that is the best. Is you the scream. And Christmas. this has been another <laughs> Nightmare Before Christmas. <laughs> Awesome. Thank you, Abigail, for that battle. I am really excited for Scream that just won our battle. 
I watched the trailer for the new movie and I was disappointed because one of the things I loved the most about Scream was all those WB stars coming in and there was no celebrities other than the returning cast. I was like, oh, that sucks. They should have gone with famous people. And then I read more and I realized they are famous. I'm just old AF and didn't know any of these actors in their 20s. That's funny. That really sucked. But congrats to Scream (laughs) for winning the versus battle. Alexandria will do another one and you'll be the challenger. Yes. This has been another episode of Funniest People I Know. Thank you so much to our guest, TJ Jackson, for joining us. Thank you. Oh, man, this was a treat. I miss you guys. We missed you, too. It's good to see you. you. Welcome back. We miss you, too. Big time. We record for the Georgia Radio Reading Service. Thank you to producer Jane Boynton, who edits the show. Thank you, Jane. If you enjoy the show, please like, review, subscribe, and share it with a friend. We're available on every service, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, and Pandora. You can email us at funniestpeopleiknow at gmail.com or find us on Facebook and Instagram at funniestpeopleiknow. Have a hilarious week. Bye. Bye. 